Welcome back to Simply the Best Podiatry, where we want to pass on simple tips to enhance your best practice. I am Jason Agosta, and this episode is part two of our Orthoses in Clinical Practice series. I spoke with Gus McSwain, who has contributed to this show in the past. Gus has been on the show previously discussing running footwear and injuries, which was episode 15. Gus has been in practice for six years and is from Move Pod Podiatry in Torquay and Geelong here in Victoria. This is Gus McSwain on the use of orthoses in clinical practice. The whole deal with this is being everybody's podcast show. Yeah. I just seem to be the person hosting it. The connector. But it is a show for everybody. It is a show of the people. Um, So the idea of this is to start this series on orthoses and just get a really broad idea of what people think and what they're doing. There's no right or wrong. Is all about philosophy and your ideal uh, sort of ways of working in your practice. There's not going to be a focus on evidence, but we will go through a little bit in one of the episodes. Yeah. But there's not, that's definitely not the focus. So this is very much practice and skills and ideology and things like that. Then we're going to move on to focusing on details or like, you know, preformed orthoses versus, you know, the casted or scanned or whatever you want to call them, custom orthoses. Yeah. And we just really want to, I just really want to bust this open and get people talking, you know, just getting people's opinions and get people talking about it because we never hear podiatrists talk about orthoses. No, it definitely should be. You know, I had a quick chat to Matt Mollica, um, which you may have heard, and um, by the time this goes up, you would have heard it. And, um, yeah, basically just get people to open up and tell us what you're doing and what you think and pass on lots of messages and ideas. That's what it's about. Mm. Love it. No, it's good. Good conversation. So the first question is where do you stand with the use of orthoses in your practice? Like where's your your approach or philosophies? Yeah, so like my perspective on approach is I'm very much the hands-on soft tissue-based aspect of um, injury management. Mm. So as you probably heard in like the running footwear-based yeah. chat that we did, it's around what that tissue capacity is versus the demands going through it. And mm. so as a podiatrist, we're very lucky that we've got the skill set where you can use shoes, orthoses, taping to be able to modify rates, range of movement, all that kind of stuff and loading yeah. patterns. So um, orthotics is just another tool that I use in that toolkit to be able to help with that. Yeah. Um, a really big like philosophy way that I'd probably look at it is around – if there's symptomatic tissue, if there's a structure that's being overloaded, that's uncomfortable, that's causing pain, that's causing um, inability to activity, then it's around figuring out why. So you can obviously have structural aspects that lead to that tissue being loaded more. You can have activity-based. Um, and then it's around figuring out where their threshold or capacity sits, so sure. where that tissue tolerance is. And so how I look at an orthotic is kind of in one or two ways. One, it's to help bridge the gap between where that tissue's capacity is versus the demands that go through it. So utilizing the characteristics of that orthosis to reduce load on that tissue or reduce load on that that structure. Um, Obviously, we can't make load disappear. 
you just redistribute yeah. it elsewhere. So it's reducing load on that symptomatic tissue so that then you can bridge that gap while then putting hand in hand, a little bit of strength and conditioning, that kind of stuff to then increase that capacity while using sure. that orthotic. Um, and then it's also around from like a structural perspective. So if there's structural characteristics of that foot and lower limb and how it moves, um, helping to address some of those characteristics that are leading to that tissue then becoming overloaded or becoming sore or creating deformity. Yeah, okay. So I'm thinking while you're speaking to me about, say, tib post pain or long yep. flexor tendon pain and you're, what you're doing is trying to offload or redistribute um, the stress yep. and then focus on the soft tissue aspect of things like strengthening. Yeah, so deload the tissue and then help to uh, bridge that deficit through strength work. I think that's a good point, though, isn't it? So what you're really saying, you're very aware, and obviously, um, you know, doing this in practice, that the orthoses are only one part of the whole treatment plan. Yes. And which, you know, you're obviously passing on very clearly to your patient. But the offloading and then focusing on all the other sort of aspects of how we're going to get this person right. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. So. so with the with the part the part about orthoses is is that becomes a crucial part in offloading and although we can you know reduce say if we talk about runners for instance we might be able to reduce fifty percent of you know training load or maybe even go twenty or thirty percent as mm. part of that plan but so what would you be using in that scenario though um, as far as devices in an attempt to sort of offload you know the stress to a part. Yeah, and again, it then comes down to what the actual tissue is that needs to be deloaded because different characteristics will deload different aspects of that foot and lower limb. So sure. if you go with your classic like tib post presentation, mm. traditionally you'll need a little bit of rear foot and midfoot device change through that. So yeah. adding adding some of that rear foot control is really important in that. Whereas if you've got a, a forefoot deformity like a HAV, um, you may only need more of that distal contour to be able to help alleviate that load and stress. So, again, it's it's one of those things where there's certain characteristics that will work really well in certain presentations, but it's kind of not uh, a one-shoe, one-stop-fits-all yeah, yeah. kind of thing. So, oh, of course. Um, yeah. that's, where, that's where it comes down to each presentation that sits in front of you. And that's our judgment, isn't it? Yeah, and that's our experience of what we think might be the best way to go about that or what yeah. devices to use or what sort of where you want the support to be. So if we talk about devices specifically, what are you using? So device-wise, I use a, a range. Um, obviously, I use a, a customised orthotic. Um, my preference for them at the moment is the team at Footwork. Yeah. Um, and so that's just a 3D nylon-printed custom orthotic. Um in that rigid shell. Very rarely would I use like a customized EVA device. Typically it's that that 3D device. Sure. Um, then from a prefab perspective, using some form thotics, um, using just your, some of the over-the-counter devices of that four-degree kind of mid-device, yeah. depending yeah. on presentation. Um, mm. And also having to play around with a, uh, a little uh, nylon printed device at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will talk but, about that. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> They're probably the go-tos. Um, and again, my decision-making around what I use out of those will really come down to the presentation, um, how long it's been there for, what are the characteristics leading to it, and also yeah. what, how big is that gap that you've got to bridge. So 
Um, of support, is that what you mean? Yeah, of support. And like, so if we talk about that tissue capacity again, um, if a certain structure, if imagine that tissue is 70% lower than where it needs to be and it's going to take you 12 to 16 weeks to bridge that gap in, mm. in strength-based loading, then obviously you're going to need higher degrees of correction or more specific aspects of deloading that you might not be able to get out of a, a prefabricated device. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, all those kind of things as well as cost and that kind of stuff and, and client expectation come into that too. So just on that point though of like you might need something higher to try and offload that part and get this person better, are you then pulling back on the levels of support that that person may need once they settle down? Yeah. Or so they would stay with that, you know, um, 3D printed device. Device, yeah. And that's a conversation that I'll have with individuals where ideally if there's no structural characteristic that's led, so if there's no like long-term acute osteoarthritic mm. change, if there's yeah. no um, acquired um, deformity through that, if it is purely just bridging that gap, then yes, it's a device that will use to deload, get them stronger, get them adapted, and then get them out of it. Whereas for some individuals, it's around, look, this is going to be something that you're going to need longer term yeah. um, because it doesn't matter how much we strengthen that tissue, that there's going to be so much demand going through that, that unfortunately there needs to be that level of deloading. Yeah, that's what we see with the, you know, the degenerative changes, isn't it? Soft tissue and joint, you just got to hang in there. Yeah. And sometimes those older patients, they're not going anywhere except being well-supported. Yeah, yeah. and, and the, the tricky aspect from that is to uh, build capacity takes a fair bit of work and then yeah. you also got to have the buy-in to maintain that capacity as well. So it's mm. it's uh, all those kind of little considerations in the journey too. So with going back to what you said about using a variation of preforms, are there some really good aspects and then problems with the devices that you use? Um, yeah. So like that you have of- to get your hands on and fix up and modify and yeah. you know, do the stuff that we do. As you know, with like your preforms, a lot of them are cut to a certain, um, yeah, a certain, and a lot of them are that kind of mid device, four degree kind of setup when you get them. Um, and so for some presentations that works really well, but as you know, every foot that pretty much walks through the door um, will have a different arch profile, will have different rates of movement, different loading characteristics. Yeah. So you can't really just put that under every foot you see. Mm. Um, for some presentations where they just need some of that uh, short-term arch contour, structural support, that kind of stuff, that's where I use them quite well. So, like, it might be that um, you have to reduce a little bit of that degree of correction or soften the device if it's that EVA device or make a little bit more contour distally to make it a bit more comfortable for that individual. Yeah. Um, but if it's something specifically where I've got to really bridge that gap, that's where I, I look more at that customized device. Sure. Or if it is that deformity or, or, or ongoing chronic change, um, then yeah. Mm. Okay. The way that totally. I look at it is it's, it's an amazing tool that we have a skill set to be able to use and if used correctly can transform someone Absolutely. from not being able to be in a state of being able to do activity, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's that education piece where it's, and I think physios really appreciate and understand when you break it down and say, look, the tib post is so far off being able to tolerate the load that goes through it and then you redistribute load away from that. That yeah. can only be a positive aspect that enables that person to be able to walk to the coffee shop or whatever the hell it is. Totally. So I think physios so- as well potentially might be like, well, it sucks if um, someone walks through your door and you can dispense an orthotic for them, which from like a revenue and cash perspective makes a, obviously a turnover, whereas for them, their uh, their modalities for that probably aren't as great either. 
So, but you know what my you know what my um, comment was back to the five. Yeah, I think you guys are dispensary services in that you have all the preform stuff that you use and you just hand them out. They just chuck them out there. They're actually what they? knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, and they said, "Yeah, you're probably right." Yeah. Well, it's five really good people, very you know diplomatic and very reasonable. But it was a good, yeah. con- good conversation. Briefly, I've talked to clinicians where they'll go, "The only device I prescribe is a rear foot device," mm. and they'll be yeah. like, "I don't put any distal contour on device." Like, so like someone will be walking in front of you with a sesamoid based injury, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I just put a fourteen degree rear foot device." Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> no wonder people out there are like, "What? What's going on in the world of podiatry?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mate, I've got to ask you this. You're six years out of college. Yep. You've got a maturity beyond your years. You speak unbelievably well and confidently about what you do. Yep. Uh, You're clearly intelligent about what you do. Where has this come from? Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I just talk to a lot of individuals. So Mm. um, I was lucky enough in the early years like obviously trying to find people like you, find different podiatrists out there that have done it for a while and try and get some insights from them. Yeah. Um, And then it's just around like trying to appreciate what actually the the key characteristics of what we do um, and try and get the best you can at it. So like from a podiatrist perspective, in a global sense, a lot of people are like in an elite sporting sense, so like I said, the general care or it's orthoses or shoes. So it's like, well, if you're going to be a podiatrist, it's like that. You get bloody good at doing those things. Yeah. And then to get bloody good at it, the way that you give yourself confidence without potentially having 20 years of experience is you just learn the hell out of it. So you you, you learn as much as you can. And then once you've got that learning base, you can then apply it. And then it kind of becomes that fundamental thing where it's like, well, I've learned it. A lot of experienced people that have done it do it this way. The evidence or whatever literature is out there to a degree tells you to do it that way. Sure. And then you apply it, and then that's yeah, beautiful. So well that's, done. That's mate. that's the idea because um, <laughs> well, the idea I think is working pretty good for you. It yeah. seems like that's great, mate. Thank you. It's so clear. In a few minutes, you've told me where your philosophy is and the focus on tissue stress and what you're doing in the preforms to a certain point, and then you're moving on to the three D printed devices for greater yep. level of support. Perfect. Gus, and I have to say, enjoy your summer preseason down at Essendon Footy Club. Always good. Always well good. done, mate. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your input into this series, and uh, I hope it makes sense for everybody. And uh, Gus, again, once again, thanks for coming on. But also, I hope that you can listen in and um, and you know get a feel for what everyone else is doing as well. I love it. It's a great discussion point, and it's. Uh, Definitely how the profession continues to evolve is you get people talking about this kind of stuff, yeah. um, which which helps not only uh, us as individuals grow, but probably uh, helps the general community get a bit more of an idea around what we actually do and the considerations right, exactly. you take. So. Yeah, exactly. Mate, thanks a million. And we'll get, we're going to speak soon anyway, but thanks for joining me again and contributing to this uh, essential series and we'll speak soon. Pleasure. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening, and that's the second of our Orthoses in Clinical Practice series. Please get in touch if you want to chat or come on the show. Love to hear people's views. Genie Orthoses are sponsoring these Orthoses in Clinical Practice episodes. More details of Genie Orthoses can be found at thegenie.au, thegenie.au. 
which will be on the show notes. You can also follow and support the show through the show notes. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more orthoses in clinical practice episodes. Thanks for listening.